Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast where we discuss films that we feel may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here with uh, Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Josh, and yourself. I'm, uh, I'm very excited because we're joined by uh, our very special guest. Uh, he's a comedian, he's a writer, he's a tw- Twitterer. Uh, Jake Lambert, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very excited to have you on. Um, oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So we always start with a random question. So I'll ask Alice first so you get the idea. Mm-hmm. So Alice, what is the best fast food place? And I'm talking traditional. So like, it's got to have a drive through And like, and not, no, it doesn't have to have a drive through but like, you know, when people say like Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut's not a fast food place. No, well, no, I guess not. But I mean, I would, so I was going to say Subway, but I'm pretty sure they don't do drive throughs They, but they do. General, they do. You've been so, to a drive-through so, subway. Yeah, so you can you can get drive-through subways. I've never been to one, but I know they do do them because I've always had this image of like a drive-through with a big, massive, long salad counter, and like oh, you just kind of edging along in your car, being like lettuce, yeah. <laughs> tomato, <laughs> cucumber, yeah. onions. So is it is subway your answer? It is Subway. I mean, I try to avoid fast foods as much as I can, to be honest. But if I'm going to go for it, it's usually what just like a salad foot long, pretty much. Just all the salad, as much as you can get in there, and as many olives as uh, you could wish. It, yeah, I know. I know. Some people ate so keen. But yeah, sometimes they put maximum effort in, and I get like just a, basically an olive loaf. Um, but yeah, probably Subway. Foot long olive, please. <laughs> uh, Jake, what about you? Um, well, can I say, didn't, can I just firstly slam Alice's choice? Didn't um, Ireland recently say that Subway is officially cake? It's that they It's did. that bad. They yeah. did, yes, because of the sugar content in the bread, yes. <laughs> so not technically a sandwich, it's just an olive cake. That I've been an olive cake, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think mine would have to just be the king, it would just have to be McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Even more of a slam on Burger King that I've claimed that McDonald's are the king. I just think it's impossible to argue. And when you go, well, do you know what? I don't. I can't actually eat red meat, so I love getting um, 
the um the the chicken selects mm-hmm. on, on, a, on a drive back from a gig and uh i'll i'll go in use it with another comedian it's quite it's quite a nice thing to do when when one of you suggests it it's a lot better if the other person does because you feel less guilty and yeah. then i order i get five chicken selects and then what i've got i've got some i've got some blue tack in my car so i blue i've got blue tack <laughs> on my dashboard so i can connect the ketchup uh to my dashboard so i can just have the chicken selects on my uh on my lap Smart. dip them in but i don't eat five i eat four and then I throw one out the window uh, into the bush side for, for, for an animal to find and have a treat. Very generous of you. What do you get to drink? Um, oh, I just get a tea. Just because, tea. Um, tea? <laughs> yeah, because because uh, I, I love PG Tips and, and McDonald's have a contract with PG Tips, as does Subway. So uh, you can always get a good cup of tea because Starbucks, if you go to like a service station, Starbucks have awful tea, tastes like flowers. Um, it's even their regular tea. So what you can do is you can go to McDonald's, you order your, your, your the tea from there, but they do the milk in the rubbish sachet. So you go over to Starbucks and take their milk from the actual pourer. And um, yeah, that's that's my little life hack for you. You're welcome. You've worked out the service station system there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> One nil to Lambert. <laughs> I can't believe you get a cup of tea and not like a lemonade or a Coke or something. Nah, well, it's usually late at night. It's just a nice little treat. Yeah. I love a cup of tea. So you'd have a cup of tea as you're driving home, podcast on. <laughs> but I've, I've got I've got an automatic as well. So it, it means that I don't have to do any of the work. So I can really sit back and enjoy it. Enjoy your, enjoy your four selects and pour one, pour one select out for your homies. <laughs> Just doing my bit. Three's not enough, five's too much. So four for me, one for them. I like this idea that's like certain bits of the motorway. There's just small piles of chicken selects. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on to talking about this week's film, uh, which is uh, The Butterfly Effect. So, spoiler warning if you've not seen that, and there is obviously spoilers. Uh, Jake, you chose this one. So, if you haven't seen the film, basically Ashton Kutcher plays Evan. Uh, He realises that he's got the ability to travel back into his own memories and alter events, so he attempts to do so by changing events from his traumatic childhood. However, every time he does, he returns to the present to find it radically changed. And that's uh, that's all I'm going to say on the synopsis because we'll get right into that. Uh, Jake, why did you pick it, apart from the fact that we asked you to pick a film? <laughs> so I... Because I, <laughs> you finally responded to all my DMs. Yeah. Let me on. I need to tell the world about the butterfly effect. <laughs> I am... Um, so I picked it having... I'm, I don't know when I last watched it, but I've always held this as like such an underrated film. And so I sat down to watch it um, with my friend and she also hadn't seen it for, oh, it turns out, since she was maybe 15 or so. And I didn't realise how dark it was, the film. It literally has everything. If you can think of anything dark, it's in there. Oh, God, yeah. um, my, my thought towards it always was that it was a really good film, but their biggest mistake was putting Ashton Kutcher in it because he makes it seem like it's a bit too sort of light-hearted. But I thought, imagine if you went to somebody a bit more serious, maybe, who wasn't doing punked at the time, <laughs> that maybe it would have been taken more seriously. And then I watched it last night and I realised that I don't think that's the case. And I think he's actually the best thing in it. I agree. I think he's really good are in you, it. Good? Oh, phew. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was surprised. Now, so, so I'd never seen it before. Alice, had you seen it before? Yes, uh, this was one of those, like, when it came out that I was a little bit obsessed with and I probably watched yeah. it like eight or nine times in the space yes. of a couple of weeks. Like, I feel like as a teenager, it was mm. like, whoa, like, it's kind of, yeah. it's a bit sort of mind-bending and, like, there's, there's 
you just didn't see as many like like you say it's so dark it's so dark yeah dealing with the subject of time travel which is such a difficult subject to deal with anyway and I think as a teenager it just kind of it sort of excites you and it upsets you but it kind of weirds you out a little bit so I was really into it when I was younger but this was like the first time that I'd re-watched it as an adult so so I'd never seen it before but I remember it coming out and I remember exactly what Alice has just said, which is that loads of people in my year at school really loved it and like right. found it really like deep and meaningful. So the two <laughs> films I really remember, all the kind of popular kids, if you like, from school liking, were this and Green Street. <laughs> and I don't oh, know yeah. why. I just remember them really liking them. Um, so I um, that was that was the only th- all, all I knew going into this was Ashton Kutcher was in it, the basic premise, and that it was popular with teenagers when it came out because it's quite angsty but you are right it's so dark it goes it's like a level drama the film like yes. it goes to so many places and and there are some bits where the acting is also similar to that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's quite uh some of it's quite on the nose and i did like my basic research of the film um obviously i did for this not back then um <laughs> it's, i think it was basically the director two people directed it and it was basically their first feature and uh, uh and only <laughs> um so i it doesn't seem like they did much more and one of them uh has got seven upcoming projects which sounds more like the sort of thing he's telling people at dinner parties than actually <laughs> being the case how could you possibly have seven upcoming <laughs> is it like a um Origin film for each of the seven dwarves. Like how, they, <laughs> how they got their name, like the MCU, but the seven dwarves or something like that. No. That's a really good idea, Josh. I think you should yeah. write that down. Actually, now we're here. Why don't we pitch? No. <laughs> so having rewatched it, what did you what did you think in general? Like, did you enjoy it? Did it hold up? Um, I think it actually does. I think I was probably overanalyzing it. And also now watching it for similar to Alice, probably like the tenth time now. Um, there was bits I'd forgotten. There was bits that sort of stuck. Actually, bits that really stuck with me, which when I was watching it before when I was younger, was, you know, when the guy beats the people up in the cinema? Mm. That For some reason, that really affected me. I don't know if it's because it was a child beating up an adult, but I remember thinking, I don't know, for some reason, I thought that was really dark for some reason. It really sort of affected me. I don't know why. It made, me, it made cinemas triggering for me for years. But I, um, I actually thought, they held up. I, I was just surprised that Ashton Kutcher turned out was the best thing in it. And I also found out that the film apparently was going around for ages and only got made because Ashton Kutcher had jumped on board uh, and was also the executive producer. Yeah, yes, I read that I as well. Read it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. As well, so I just kind of used to do assume it's like, like I think we spoke about this before, Josh, but when a film will get in like that big star, like the A-lister to kind mm. of give it that massive boost. And then usually you find that said A-lister has actually been involved with the production of it because, you know, obviously happy to put their name on it, happy to put the finances That's in there, it. believe in it for some reason, or you know, yeah. kind of doing things for kind of these grassroots filmmakers. It's like Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? Ryan Reynolds was really keen to make the project and then some footage, in inverted commas, leaked online and then suddenly yeah. it was made 18 months later. So it's, I suppose it shows you the star power because it is... I suppose when you think about it now, Ashton Kutcher's formed a bit more of a career as an actor, but back then it was probably quite a random move for him to suddenly be going from the guy from Punk and that 70s show to this dark drama. <laughs> yeah, it, it can't have been far off that 70s show either, could it? 
No. So he really was this sort of becoming this sort of heartthrob. He was he was who was he dating? Was it D- Mila Kunis or was, oh, was he, oh yeah, it was Demi Moore. So then, wasn't yeah, there was the whole that. there's the whole joke for a, for a couple of years that because he, he was either married to or dating Demi Moore. Now he's married to Mila Kunis, I think. But then right. he was dating Demi Moore, and there was there was loads of jokes about like. Um, Bruce Willis being his dad, <laughs> like loads oh, of like that's really. it. Yeah, but no, I do think I do think he's good. In it. I think he's quite an underrated actor. I've I've not seen him in loads mm. outside of and like rom coms. He's done like um, what was the one he did with Natalie Portman? Uh, friends, friends with benefits, or there's friends with benefits, and then there's another one, and they're basically the same film. And one's just in Timberlake, and one's him. yes, I think just friends is him, and best that's friends it. with benefit is, is Justin Timberlake. I think there's quite a few good cast members in this. So Ashton Kutcher's good in it. Amy Smart was kind of in She's... loads of stuff for about five years and then yeah. doesn't seem to be in anything anymore. She was instantly brilliant in that film, I thought. As soon as she sort of came on to screen, I was like, I, I, I in fact, I went on IMDb at the time. I was like, who is that? Is, she must be a thing now because mm. I thought she was brilliant. The only thing I know her from is they did the Everson Rat Race. Yeah, she's in that, and she was in she's in a season of Scrubs. Oh, as, was she? As, yeah, yeah, she was a love interest in Scrubs. But I think because every character in it, because every time he goes back and changes something and comes back to the the present, um, every character kind of has to go through these massive changes. So they do put a lot of demands on, particularly like Ashton Kutcher, Amy Smart, then their their two friends or her brother, yeah. friend who is the guy from Daredevil and Henson and yes, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> but I think they, they have a lot to do. And I also think it's a rare thing with, with um, the performance of Logan Lerman, who is the young version of Evan, um, mm. who's actually gives quite a good child performance. Yes, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a really good casting as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah, so I thought it was really good. Uh, there wasn't really a weak cast member in it for me. So, and they have, a, like you said, they have a lot would... to do. And the script is quite... There's bits that the script's really good. There's also bits where the script's quite cheesy, but they do make a lot mm-hmm. of it work. Yeah, I, I think the one person I didn't like was his mum. I, I assume they filmed the scenes when he was a really young boy, right at the start of the film, and then she got seemed to get better at acting as the film went on. <laughs> because at the start, it was inexcusable uh, how bad she was acting. Like she was, There was a bit where she was like, Fixing the car, I think, to show straight away that like she's also the dad figure, the mother and dad figure. So she's like, which obviously is my thing. Anybody can operate a car, but I think that's what they were trying to do. So she, because she, she then takes off her overalls and she's wearing like a, a pinny. Mm. But she talks to the son, but she doesn't break eye contact with him while she gets undressed, and it's absolutely <laughs> insane. And I realised that I think that the directors were so must have been so focused on just making the film that they forgot to, I think, direct anybody of how to act. <laughs> because there's really odd bits in it. Like, you know when he goes to see her at the diner and then she says, she turns on him and says, you left me, then why didn't you come back for me then? If she had turned and walked off, it would have been really effective. But she sort of ran off. And I was like, what? what? And I was like, unless yeah. it's trying to be that she's still a child, it just looked insane that she was running. And then when Aston Kutcher is running to lock himself in the office to watch the video, he runs for some reason, like no one has ever ran in, in the history of mankind. Not even when we were sort of evolving, did anybody run with their arms? Like he was swimming with his arms. And running. I was like, 
it's almost like he was so big and because he was a producer, also their boss, that they couldn't go, can you not do that? It looks mental. The bit where she runs off at the diner is so <laughs> weird because they linger on her for what feels like about mm-hmm. 20 minutes. There's like this big crane mm-hmm. shot where they pull away and you're like going, yeah, no, she's running away. He's, he's probably going to go after it. Uh, no. Yeah. No, no, he's, so no he's, just not. Her, he's not. Yeah. Just her. There's also <laughs> one bit where it's clearly Ashton Kutcher's stunt double is, is driving the car into the diner. And um, it looks absolutely insane because it's clearly somebody with a wig on. And the, <laughs> it's too, like, the angle is too close to, for them to have used a stunt double. Surely just get Ashton to drive a car at this point. Uh, so what did you think from rewatching it, Alice? Did it hold up for you? You know what? There was so much more that I did sort of appreciate about it this time around because I, I was expecting to not like it. Like I was expecting to think like, oh, I just thought this was cool when I was a teenager. I'm probably going to watch it now and realise that it's actually a bit silly. But like you touched on previously, because of how, like it gets so dark, like it discusses topics that films would be terrified to discuss normally, like child abuse, animal abuse, like horrific neglect. It's, it's so much of it is just horrendous murder. And um, so I just kind of, I felt like a lot of respect for the film for kind of, you know, delving into those topics. And it was all just kind of very real, even though the whole film is about time travel, which is obviously very fantastical. So it's interesting to kind of bring those two in together. And I liked that every time he tried to make things better, that it just got worse. It just kind of, it felt like it was saying, like, this is how hopeless life is. It just gets worse. You could try and make it better, but it will just get worse. And that just feels like the absolute opposite of what films are normally trying to do. So from, I really re- sort of appreciated that. Something that I did really like and that kind of really enhanced the bleakness of the rest of the film was, you know, the scene. So he goes, I can't remember what he goes back to change, but when he comes back forward, he's at university with Kaylee and everything's lovely and she's, you know, she's all in pink and the room's pink and he's, you know, this kind of, this jock or like frat guy sort of character. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a goatee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all great. Like when he's walking down the corridor and all the women are like, hi, Evan. And he's like, what the fuck? And all this. And that, watching that kind of softness and all that sort of over the top kind of niceness, it just kind of really enhanced the grim feel of the rest of the film. So that's almost quite a welcome respite, even though it's sort of quite cheesy. And uh, Evan turns out to be a bit of a knob sort of in the end anyway, because of what he's doing to sort of the younger students. Um, but that just kind of was a little bit of relief in what is otherwise sort of quite a quite a heavy, quite a heavy watch, really. Um, I think, Josh, I think you said before that you thought that it was all quite dreamlike, and I think it does a good job at that. And that also kind of really makes it feel quite indie as well. Like, you feel mm-hmm. like you're watching an indie film, for sure. Um, but yeah, those were sort of the main things that I took away from it. I thought the music was great. Very thrilling. Yes. In a lot of places. In, there's, um, I think it's when they're taking Evan to see his dad. So they, they take... This was something that I thought was weird. They take Evan to see his criminally insane dad who's been locked up and then put him in a room with him. And they just sat across from a table. And I'm like, hang on a second. Surely there's one of those like phones through a screen sort of thing that you could be doing that would be a much more kind of responsible way to be approaching this. But in that scene and in that build-up, it's all very like violins. And it really reminded me of the soundtrack from Psycho, um, which I just kind of, there was obviously a lot going on to really try and convey the kind of feel of the film, I think, like with the sound and the way it looked. 
Yeah. What do you think? There's a lot of speaking of speaking of the music. There's a lot of great uh, noughties, um, yes. like Marilyn Manson and like. Oh yeah, Jimmy World as well. In the yeah, room. I was expecting I was expecting Evanescence, but didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> all that, all that sort of stuff. But that's like, a, you can tell it was made then in in that sense with the music. I mean, obviously the clothes and stuff. So yeah, I I liked the music. I did think it was good. I think. It, it was it was generically quite interesting because in the hands of someone else, this concept, this idea of going back and changing things, is obviously a path well trodden. Other films have done it. Other films have done the idea of going back and changing stuff. It could mm. have been a comedy. It could have been, obviously, it's kind of a sci-fi thriller with elements of horror. It could have been an out-of-out horror. So I like that they use different things to to keep you guessing. Like you say, there's really there's the scene where it goes back and everything seems to be really good and then they suddenly hit you with the fact that it's not. Like I like the fact that a lot of what he changes is centred around her brother, who isn't actually in it that much. And they mm. use him to kind of build tension off screen. Like he's probably only in it for, a, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, as an adult, he's probably only in it for yeah. about 15 minutes. And it's like either he's really, really smart and he's doing really well for himself or he's a complete and utter, you know, burn out and try, is trying mm. to kill him, basically. And I thought that was really interesting, that that way they kind of use him as almost more than a person, more like a, I don't know, a metaphor for how things have gone either really well or really badly for him. But also, like, just showing how, like, kindness and compassion can completely shape a person and and sort of completely change their outcomes. Like, because with the son, it was when, with, uh, with the brother, sorry, so it was because he saved the woman and her baby from sort of getting blown up or whatever. So then he's treated like a hero. So then he becomes this sort of hero-like figure, like he's, you know, deeply religious and he's trying to help Evan and he's so like sweet and lovely. And it's just sort of a real case for if you treat people like humans, like with love and compassion, you're setting them up for a much better end than if you're horrendous to them. What I what I found, I'm a, I think that's very true. I think that he, he was good at that because there is one bit, isn't there, where he... He only uh, protects the daughter and forgets to protect the son when he when he goes back and speaks to the dad, which I think later on does lead to a slight issue in the story. Which remember when he is the frat boy, and they're sort of this perfect couple, and they walk along, and for some reason he says to her, "Do you remember your dad having a camera?" And she says, "Yeah, he got rid of it the next day." Which I don't think any four year old is going to remember. But anyway. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine remembering your dad owned something for a day. But anyway. Um... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The problem is, if they are this really happy, perfect couple, um, then it, her dad must be fully aware of the time when Evan was seven and just randomly stood up to him. And now the dad must be absolutely terrified that his daughter is like in a long-term relationship with this guy who, when he was seven, just basically turned on the dad and almost... And and, and is fully aware he's a paedophile. Yeah, it's, it is strange. Because also, Wood just turned around to a paedophile and being like, hey, don't be a paedophile. Yeah, yeah. Like, would, that, would that work? Now, what I got from that scene was because the dad was... Uh, I think they're all sort of quite religious. So the dad's wearing a crucifix. Mm. And he says, after Evan sort of turns, he says, who are you? So I feel like the dad thinks that Evan is like a demon or is like Satan. And so like he's sort of scared in that way. And that's why well, he's was um, what he says. So apparently, this is where I did my bit of research. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> is that, um, <laughs> so his name in it is, like, is it Evan Tagen? Evan Treborn. Treborn. So it was supposed to be Event Reborn. And initially in the script, he was Chris. So it's going to be Christ reborn. Oh. <laughs> That's just on the nose, that, isn't it? <laughs> that is unbelievable, yeah. Uh, there's also about three or four alternate endings. Yeah, so yes. what ending did you see? So I had the one where uh, he just, he goes back in time to say, like, don't ever talk to me again. And then, you know, it's sort of... He upsets you, yeah. Like, yeah, and, I got that you know, one, yeah. You know, they're walking down the streets and he turns that way and then he t- and then that's it. But I know obviously mm. there's with the kids and the, you know... That's such a yeah. shit. Like the fact that someone wrote that, then made it, and someone had to go. Oh, it's probably, it's probably a bit, probably a bit too. Yeah, awesome. we've covered everything else. So we leave baby suicide out yeah. of this. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I do feel like because because of the directors and all the other stuff they put in it and how sort of on the nose it was, I think that um, I imagine they. They they went with the baby ending, and that is what they wanted. Mm. And it seems like, actually, if you look at it, Ashton Kutcher looks the the most believable aging in the whole thing. Is that end bit? Mm. Because I feel like they probably filmed it a year later when they finished the edit, and they went, "Well, it turns out that they would not let us do that." <laughs> because <laughs> whatever production company it was, clearly the same production company that made Seven. Uh, yeah, because they've just got posters around absolutely everywhere. Um, but I I feel like they probably went. No, that's absolutely insane. We can we'll keep the the pedophilia, yeah. the, the 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 suicide, the adult suicide, the 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 heroin addict brothel scene. Yeah, we'll keep the, <laughs> the, the, the two dog. funerals, the burning dog, the the this, this 
the child stabbing another child in the back of the head with a metal shard. <laughs> but we'll we'll bargain with you and we'll we'll take out that one, I reckon. <laughs> I can imagine, but you can imagine like what did you get up to last night? I went to the cinema to see that butterfly effect. Was it good? Yeah, but um the ending was a bit weird. <laughs> Bit bleak, yeah. <laughs> Especially because because Ashton Kutcher technically, I think ultimately that film that what they were trying to make was very serious. But also uh, for the sake of um, box office, they're going to want to try and pitch that as a date movie. Yeah, and um, I mean one of well, the ending that we saw is nicer <laughs> for a date. Like oh, you know, no matter what, you're supposed to be together, and they'll, they'll we believe that they'll meet in a cafe. We'll, be, we'll believe they'll meet again or whatever. But if it's just a baby um, wrapping it up. A biblical cord around its own neck. Do you want to go back to mine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not going to feel in the mood after that. <laughs> want to come up for a coffee? <laughs> but it's that, yeah. But but I like the fact that they did they they chose the right ending for me because it's not that it's a massively happy ending, but it's an ending where everyone ends up not traumatized and it, it resolves the issues. It's, I suppose for yes. me, the kind of messages with film is don't try and fix everything for everyone you know, try and do the best thing, mm. I, I guess. So he does the selfless thing and takes her away from him. And that's what makes, that's what ultimately yes, makes her yeah. happy rather than, you know, he can still have his life and go on and maybe meet her at another time or fall in love with someone else. But he didn't, you know, that's much better than mm. he, you know, he killed himself. In, in the way, like... So. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to argue that. <laughs> what? Have you prayed for me eyes to go, no, I reckon he should have just ended it. And then had, had the mum had to deal with that, yeah. with the doctor, just a scene where the doctor explains to her what has happened inside her own stomach. Um, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's so dark that, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I can't, I feel sorry for anybody who saw the film and then had to live with it. The they watched that, that ending, ending. That yeah. Showed. Yeah. <laughs> If you got the DVD and went, should we go over the actual cut or the director's cut? And you didn't realise that the, the two directors were <laughs> absolute mentalists. And you, uh... Uh, was there um, anything you kind of saw that you didn't like watching it again, Joe? Yeah, some of the acting. Um, some of it was a bit on the nose. Like there was, you know, the bit where uh, he 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 loses his arms because he, he the, the, for the mm. explosion. And then there's just one line in it where, he, where he's like, he actually wills off at the end. He sort of goes, "My mum would have never taken up smoking if I had, if I still had my arms." <laughs> like, like, like that's what did it like to her. Just like it just seems such a, I don't know, such a GCSE yeah, of is, why people like, smoke. It's proper GCSE, um, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that was way too much. And actually, when he goes and sees his friend, and his friend is in the asylum because he stabbed the guy with the metal shard. Lovely sentence. <laughs> it's um, that's. That's very GCSE drama where he's going, I don't know, he sort of goes to go at him or something, or he sort of says to him, did you mean to, did you do it? It just, that seemed a bit too, I can imagine sat there at the side of like, the yeah, stage, I know what you mean. Having to watch my friends do that. And yeah, it's kind of cheesy, isn't it? It's it a little bit cheesy, a little bit, a little bit yeah. contrived in places. I, I like, there's a line I remember kind of, it's not a funny line. And I I laughed because he says something to his, he says something to right. Kaylee like, you have no idea how beautiful you are, are you? And I kind of went, like, like that's like, yeah. what a line that is. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's almost like he has to say something nice for them to kiss. What can he say? Just this default line from any yeah. rom-com. Yeah. yeah, like the, the rom-com like line any... randomizer. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. To say. What, what a... Yeah. What about you, Alice? Was there anything you kind of noticed? 
would definitely agree about some of the script and some of the performance issues. Uh, there were just some moments as well that I was just like, in, you know, in a time travel film where I was like, that would never happen. But things like when the teacher calls the mum in to come and discuss the pictures that Evan has drawn. Yeah. And they're having this conversation in front of a classroom full of kids. Mm. Like Evan, Evan's in there, I think, and stuff. And it's like, go to an office, go to a staff room. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. And then just showing the pictures of like these murdered bodies and blood and stuff that he's drawn. And just like, look at these, look at these, all these like four-year-olds <laughs> or whatever. It's like, look. Yeah. <laughs> so just that. Um, and then just, uh, like I mentioned before, like letting the kid go in, you know, with his criminally insane father and there not being really any protection there. Just like little things like that. But I feel like they gave, they've given themselves a huge task, haven't they? Because they've got to kind of sort out all these different lines of action. And every time you go to a new one, the character has experienced different things. So they've got to act in a different way. So I feel like mm. there was, maybe it was maybe very ambitious. And in that, some of the writing and that got a bit lost. Something that I always thought was a bit odd as well. So obviously in the sort of nicer reality where Evan and Kaylee are in university together. Um, but he's like, he's not a good guy in that. Like he's not no. like with the dickheads who he would usually avoid are now his friends and they're not nice to his. So his mate, who's his like his, his big old mate who he shares a room with and that. Oh, Ethan Souple. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he was like, like in everything around that time. Then I think he was in... My name is Earl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of and I, I saw him the other day in um, Motherless Brooklyn. I think he was in that. Mm, and he's buff now. Oh, yeah, so well, like, maybe that wasn't like, him then. He's I'm lost loads. He's lost loads of weight. Like he's buff think... now. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he was a big guy. You mean this yeah. guy who's like the big goth guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's like what, what's his name? Ethan Souple. Ethan Souple. I know he was. Oh, in, yeah. He's definitely in like Mole Rats, and mm. I think he might be in. That early Kevin Smith films. Yes, he was in Marvelous Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, but he's lost loads of weight. I know that much. Yeah, he looks much better, doesn't he? Was he in um <laughs> was he in Blow? I think he was with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was in that. Yeah. Um, I will say the film's quite of its uh of it you couldn't make it now. Because no. I did realise that if they made it now, it would just be him waking up in that bed, opening up Facebook, seeing what they're up to, and then just decided whether to go back or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very of its time, isn't it? Even in the way, in, in the plot, but also like the way it looks. Like there's lots of great long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts. And yeah. Like, 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 you're right. If it was made now, it would just be like, wonder what they're up to on uh, Instagram. Oh. Yeah, quick, right back into fine. it. Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> It would have to be the what they'd have to do. They'd have to set up something early where one of the first things he does means that the internet no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> or he just he Smart just goes to university. Get invented. Yeah, just him, a, a random scene of him killing Mark Zuckerberg and then just carries on like nothing ever happens. <laughs> I think if it was made now, actually, that it, it would be one event. So instead of it being loads of little events, I think it'd mm. be one thing, and it'd be him trying to change that one traumatic thing rather than. Like, I suppose there is an element of like, we'll pick an issue. Like, yeah. Like, what is it? Is it the paedophile dad? Is it the burning dog? Is it the, like, is it the fact that his dad has got problems? Like, what? Pick that issue oh, and it, then... Is it the blowing up of the mother and her newborn child, which yeah. we haven't even discussed it in which our is, list of... Is it, is it that bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It is proper. It's quite A-level drama, isn't it? Apart from if people started walking around Ashton Kutcher in a circle, repeating the same phrase, and then having to scream whilst they threw red ribbon in the air. Regret, regret, regret. Shame, shame, shame. So we'll come on to talk about the critical reception then. Um, did either of you get a chance to look at it or do you want to have a guess at how it did generally? So I've, I've avoided it so you can mm. find me, but I will, I will give a guess. But what about you, Jake? Did you see that? I didn't see it. I was, I was quite surprised to see that it had quite a high score on IMDb, um, which I was really impressed. I was, I was certainly not expecting it to be uh, even at six. I think it was actually 7.6 mm. um, yeah. out of 10, which is really good, I'd say. Um, I haven't seen the Rotten Tomatoes, or I imagine the critics were um, were quite brutal with it. I'd have, I'd have thought. Well, that's that that's pretty much bang on. Yeah, so you're right. The IMDb is, is seven point six out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes. The the audience give it eighty one percent. Wow! But the critics give it thirty three percent. Oh, that's me. definitely one of those films that obviously really entertains the audience, and the audience who like it really like it but perhaps the critics didn't do it. Mm. But I tried to find the from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes like what good stuff they could say about it. Because obviously you're right, they did pan it. There was a lot of, it's sloppy, it's clunky, it's preposterous, it's too gruesome, it's too dark, it's a bit of a mess. But then some people said things like, it's kind of, it is trashy, but it's entertaining and it's there, you know, it's it entertains yeah. for a reason. And then another person, it's, it's, it's all the same sort of stuff. It's all, it's flawed, but it's a serviceable thriller, that kind of thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Would you, would you agree with how, how would you rate it in terms of, is it accurate in terms of what the audience have given it? Is it in, a bit in between? I think that, actually, I do recall, sorry, looking at the directors, didn't, I think one of them maybe did a Final Destination did, yeah. film. I think one of them did, yeah. But the, other than that, they've basically done nothing, which is surprising, actually, because around that time, you think that, especially with such a high Rotten Tomatoes score, that clearly uh, the audience has just liked it. And you're right, because the, the reviewers, I think, to forget to review films for what they are rather than comparing them to every film to sort of like Schindler's yeah, List or something, yeah. where actually it is exactly that. It's a serviceable film. That's a thriller. It, I reckon its biggest downfall what is that, was that it tried to do yeah. too much. Very ambitious, very ambitious. I think as well the audience probably liked it because we can all relate to wanting to go back and change something. Like I mm. don't know how many anxious nights I've spent hours awake just thinking, oh my God, why did I do this? Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And, you know, to be able to go back and change things, I'm sure that's something we can all relate to wanting to do. But it's good that it shows that if you try and do that, you will fuck it up mm. even more. So maybe the fact that we can't time travel is a blessing. Mm. No, I, I agree. I think, I think, so if we take, obviously we kind of go off critical reception. So if we go off critical reception of 33%, I said that's way too low for me. I'd say it's it's definitely underrated because I think I I agree with both of you. I think it's a it's a it's a good thriller. It's definitely it definitely mm. overstretches itself in what it tries to do, and some of the scripts are a little bit clunky, but it's definitely there to entertain. And I was entertained. I also would have been interested if I could talking about time traveling. I'd like to have watched it when it came out because watching it now at my age, I think it's definitely aimed at people that were my age when it came out like like 17 18 i yeah. think if i watched it then i'd have loved it but no i agree i think 33 percent mm. is way too low 
Oh yeah, terribly harsh. And I feel like that just ignores all the hard work that you can see that has gone into it because it's not a complete disaster. Like technically there are some great things, like some of the some of the sort of foley sounds of that, like of when he's doing the, the time travel and you can sort of hear his skull cracking and it's like, oh, you just feel it so hard. Yeah. And you get a lot of that, a lot of good sort of nice sounds just to kind of re-emphasize things. But 38, I feel, is terribly hard. 33. 33, 33, sorry. You give it 5%. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, another one for the uh, another one for the underrated pile. Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. I hope you, hope oh, you had yeah, a good time. Oh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, lovely thing. I can't remember, there was there was two films I was going to think. I can't remember what the first one I initially thought of was, but then I remembered that a while ago, somebody tweeted something to say, what is the most underrated film? And I quote retweeted it and said, uh, the butterfly effect. And it got such a good response of people agreeing. And funnily enough, I don't know. I certainly didn't read reviews or anything back then. It's like I didn't really understand what they were. And now I sort of only listen to like uh, Mark Kermode. But I just I just knew that it was underrated. And I just knew the critics would have hated it. I think all you have to do is understand who a critic is. And you would know mm. they're going to hate that film. And I think, like I said, I always thought his biggest downfall was having Ashton Kutcher in it. Because he just wasn't... He was cool in that way for the audience and stuff. But he wasn't cool for critics. Mm. But so I feel like I'm 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 glad that it I don't know I'm I'm very happy with my choice and it was good to come on and talk about it and clear the air and get it, it out there to uh, Ashton if he's listening. I reckon any critic going into an Ashton Kutcher film is prepared to not mm-hmm. be impressed. I feel like you would yeah. just have that you know dude was my car you know guy from that seventy show sort of thing. And yeah, people wouldn't take him as seriously. But I mean, he was he was good. I didn't I didn't. Mm. He didn't act bad. Like I wasn't not convinced by him, and I think he did. He did a pretty good job of him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's and there, there is a there is a sequel, isn't there? There's two. <laughs> is it? Oh my There's god! Flight Effect two and three, I think. Have you, is oh. seen, have you seen the? Se- oh man, I haven't seen the sequels. I, if it's- this is if 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 it if this is the level of dark it's starting from, I don't know if I can cope. <laughs> With a two and a three, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not coming back on to defend the Butterfly Effect 3. <laughs> so, Jake, uh, thank you very much for coming on, man. What, uh, what, do we, what do we look out for next? What have you got on? Um, I would recommend uh, delving into the um, Butterfly Effect universe <laughs> and try... <laughs> the, uh, um, the BEU. Uh, yeah (laughs) i um i've got a podcast coming out i've got a podcast called guest list which is um uh, where i invite comedians to come on and they pick their perfect dinner guests uh they pick three one has to be alive one has to be dead and one has to be fictional um as soon as that trailer appears then people can subscribe but at the minute that doesn't exist anywhere apart from in my mind well, we'll certainly uh, point people in the direction of it when it comes out. So That's keep, very an, kind eye, of you. keep an eye on the social media for that. Uh, Jake Lambert, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And it was lovely to meet you both. And um, I can come on another time and do the sequels. <laughs> I think we should go for it. <laughs> well, what, if people you... want it. <laughs> so there we go, Jake Lambert, everybody. What a, what a top guest. I mean, he was a, he was a right laugh.
Oh yeah, which was hard when talking about the butterfly effect. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, honestly, do if if you don't already follow him on Twitter and Instagram, go and check him out. He's you can find him with his name. With if not, he's at Little Lost Lad. It's it's he's one of my favourite Twitter accounts. It's honestly, it's just it's properly funny stuff. Properly funny. So uh, we'll have another episode for you next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the butterfly effect. Um, if you've got a film you want us to do, then get in touch. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. We're also on Twitter at films underscore that, Facebook and Instagram, uh, filmsandthatpod. Um, Alice Oliver, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you so much as always, Josh. Great to be here. And it's uh, goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.